Hi, my name is Duncan and we are the Fantasy Football Fanatics. I'm joined this week by Andy in Oakland, California and Gary in London uh, and I'm in Manchester. Gary, what was your football moment of the week? Um, so I'd, I'm going to go for the quite an obvious one, but um, it was kind of seeing Man City again. It was another masterclass from De Bruyne. Um, the XG alone for the game was 6-0. I, I, don't, I don't think I've ever seen... Well, it's 6 to 0.2 or something. I don't think I've ever seen uh, an XG as high as 6. But they, it, it seemed like they were looking in the second half from the highlights and they were still... Um, they were still tearing uh, Watford apart, but um, yeah, I, I think maybe it's, maybe I should talk a little bit about Watford because they're one of those teams that can sometimes kind of annoy me a bit. They seem to change their manager and their players, and never quite know how they how they survive and seem to do quite well. So it's about time that they had a bad season. Um, and the thing I'm most pleased about is that it flashed upon match of the day when they went five nil down. This is the fast. This is the the fastest a team has ever gone five nil down in the history of the Premier League, and the first thing I thought was, I think Sheffield Wednesday must hold that have held that record before, um, and it turns out we did. But it wasn't even the game I was thinking of. I was thinking it was the game where we lost eight nil, but it was actually a different game against Blackburn. So, so congrats to Watford for taking that record. Yeah, and that's lucky for you as a, a Sheffield Wednesday fan. They've taken that away from you now. Yeah. Yeah, well, you I mean you have to be pretty bad to lose eight nil, and we were bad that season. We went down, and Watford, I think, might be going the same way. I I was just amazed by um, Ben Foster's comments in goal after the match. He was saying, uh, you know, it could have been twelve nil. They were just incredible. You know, it's, at some points, I just had to kind of watch them. It's the best team he's ever played against. So that's quite a compliment, I think. Yeah, I mean, not... I, I I watched. I remember watching the World Cup semi-final when Germany won 7-1 against Brazil and the German fan was actually like embarrassed about Germany scoring so many goals and I, I thought I'd never feel that way but it seemed like the City players were a bit embarrassed. Like when, when Bernardo Silva got his hat-trick it was almost a bit like oh I'm not really going to celebrate that. I think I don't know I think he maybe because he miscontrolled it and got slightly lucky and then it and then he poked it in. I think that was part of the celebration. But yeah, I, I don't know. I feel like City are one of those teams who don't do what used to be done. I think teams used to get to 5-0, 6-0 and be like, OK, we're not going to professionally embarrass these guys. But I think City are a new breed. They just keep going and going and going. Yeah, well, I think they've managed to professionally embarrass Watford about four times in the last three years now. So um, yeah, Watford must be sick of the sight of them. Do you know what, yeah. though? I think um, it's not just about City, though. I think it's because you've got Liverpool and City are both so good right now that you just have to keep going and keep going because you might end up losing the league on goal difference. Like, that's actually likely now in a way that it never has been before. It was so close last season, wasn't it? So, yeah, fair enough. You can see why they're doing it. There's actually a reason to it. It's not just to professionally embarrass Ben Foster. Andy, what was your football moment of the week? Um very clear one for me is uh, Marcos Rocco's attempted Rabona against Astana. Have you guys seen that? No. It's spectacular. So um, it's awful. He just like Rabona's hit directly into a defender's face and then gives the ball away. 
um, for no good reason. It's not like, you know, occasionally you can see why the player might have thought that a Rabona is the right thing to do. There is no reason that Marcus Rocco might have thought this was a good Rabona. He was like near the half, he was like quite deep for a cross, trying to cross it with his Rabona. I was like, what are you doing? You're not, the, you're not a player of that level of skill. Then, Hold on, can, you just explain, can you just explain what a Rabona is for people who don't know? Uh, a Rabona, yeah, so for anyone who doesn't know, a, uh, a Rabona is when, um, let's, if you're a right-footed player and the ball is in a position where you would normally kick it with your left foot, you would, instead of kicking it with your left foot, you'd sort of swing your right foot around the back of your left foot, stand, your left standing foot, and kick it that way instead. Um, so a, a completely unnecessarily difficult skill. Um, anyway, so he, he, he does this, a sort of... Um, Man United reserve centre-back playing at left-back. I'm thinking, what is he thinking? So I did some research and I found out that he, um, first of all, I found out that he'd scored a Rabona in training the day before. Then I found out that he has two Rabona assists for Argentina, one of which came in a Copa America victory against Brazil. So it seems like, unbeknownst to all of us, that Rabona is like a, uh, a special move for Marcus Rocco, something of a sort of... Part of, part of his actually, it really is in his arsenal. So who knew that Marcos Rocco is a, is a specialist? I mean, to be honest, I was just shocked to hear that he was playing for Man United again. I hadn't heard his name in about two years. Well, yeah, me too. He's been injured for a long time, to be fair, but he's not covered himself in glory when he has played. And his, I mean, I thought his special move was a yellow card. So um, this is definitely an improvement. <laughs> Can can you hack someone down with a Rabona? Is that, uh... <laughs> I've never seen it done, but I suppose there is no reason why you couldn't just unnecessarily flary attack or someone. Right, Dunk. What, how about you? What was your um, moment of the week? My my moment of week. Uh, it's it's the Arsenal game. I've just finished watching it on Sunday afternoon uh, against Watford, and. Strangely enough, it's not a highlight because we won. It's well, not a highlight, sorry, a moment because we won. It's actually that game made me feel really depressed. Even though we went down to ten men and fought back to win in the dying kind of moments, three-two against them, it was. I just find it really depressing. Like it's been so long that we've been doing this kind of thing against teams that we should win comfortably against, um, and it. Yeah, it really got me down. Like um, Villa were kind of motivated and um, attacking, and they they thought that they could they could thought they could beat us. McGinn looked really impressive, um, and it's just the same old thing. Like it feels weird to be moaning about it after a win, but I think maybe that's better than moaning about it after a loss. Like Granite Xhaka picking up just stupid yellow cards for pulling someone's shirt in the middle of the park where they're nowhere near goal and they're not a serious threat. It's just like stupid stuff. Um, and just relying on a Bamiyang because everyone else is a bit shit. Um, so yeah, um, we are the, the highest, um, we have the highest number of wins from um, a team who have gone down to 10 men. So it's definitely something that Arsenal specialise in. It's one of their special moves. Um, I mean, having that bounce-back ability can be a, a good thing. I mean, imagine, there was, was there a stat about Marco Silva that he's like literally never never come back from a goal down to win a game? 
So it's, it's at least at least when you go a goal down, you, you don't lose all interest and think, right, that's it, we're done for. Yeah, yeah, and and there were there were other like positive highlights from it. Like I, I like the fact that Emery's playing the kids a bit more. They did really well in Europe, and Saka started the game. Willock came on, um, so yeah, I think that that's positive. And and actually, I do feel like the kids have something to play for. They've got some drive and motivation because. I, I worry with the other older pros, what are they actually playing for slightly? You know, they've been pushing for top four for however many years now. They're not really, you know, the motivation to to go for the Premier League is out of their reach, I think. So, yeah, give more of the kids a chance. I think that's, that's a positive that I would take for it. Um, but that's enough of me moaning. Um, what about your FPL moments of the week? Gary, you played your, your wild card this week. How did it go? Yeah, well, it, on Saturday it was going pretty well, but then today um, some of, some of my more disastrous choices uh, didn't didn't come off. Uh, I, I went for Ozil despite your warnings, Duncan, and um, I, th- I thought he was looking like he might be coming back into the first team. He didn't even get on the pitch, and Neves didn't do much better. But my my highlight was two. Uh, one I'll come on to later in the gut punt section, but one was Chris Wood. Um, so I'd. I've been toying with the idea of putting Pookie in and then to save a bit of cash and to kind of shift things around a bit, I decided to take a bit of a punt on Chris Wood. So him scoring twice in 20 minutes um, was a big highlight. 13 points, uh, 6.2 million is a good price. Um, I think he's quite an underrated player, actually. I think he's, he's probably a little bit better than Ashley Barnes. He's a little bit quicker. Um, he holds the ball up well. He's good in the air. He's the kind of player, I think he's got 10 goals both the last two seasons. So I, I do actually quite rate him as a player. And um, it, was good to, it was good for that one part of my team at least to come off in a, in a pretty disastrous uh, a wild card. And, and so just a, a bit more detail on your wild card for the listeners. You went with Ozil. You went with no Liverpool. Um so it was kind of a, a mixed bag. You've got some incredible Maverick picks in there. You've gone back to your Maverick ways. You've got Wood, uh, Ozil, um, Neves, uh, no Liverpool. Uh, yeah. So so my thinking with the no Liverpool was that the next five or six games, they've got some quite tough fixtures coming up. Um, and I thought, for example, I thought the game at, at Chelsea today that they might struggle. It might be maybe a 1-1 draw, which it, it kind of nearly was a draw because Chelsea had a goal disallowed. But unfortunately for me, the, the players I had, like Alexander-Arnold, I didn't think he'd get a clean sheet, but I didn't realise, I think he only got one goal last season or something. He got, he got a goal. Um, it's it, probably that thing about dropping quality players. I guess Salah only got five points, which for, for his price is not, not amazing. But, but still, I'm a bit nervous not having Alexander-Arnold and I'm looking at Luca Dina and thinking that he's a bit of a liability. So I might try and try and get one Liverpool back in my team. Um, the main thrust I had as well was that I wanted three City players. And I kind of feel that their defence is going to be good. So I brought in Ot- Otamendi and Walker. Uh, unfortunately for Walker, he played so well that City was so far ahead that they subbed him off on 53 minutes and gave a load of reserve players a chance. So he only got one point. Um, but Otamendi came off in style at least. Um, but yeah, I, I think Ozil was a mistake. And I'd, I still need to do a bit more minor surgery. But um, yeah, it, it, some of it came off at least. Yeah, I'm um, so, sorry for like 
pestering about you, this, but it just interests me so much, the mind of a maverick. What, why do you pick Wood? How do you know a player who, to me, hasn't looked very good so far this season? How do you kind of pick that out? Because you've done that before with players. Um, who was the Newcastle player that you brought in and he got two goals in your first uh, I think it was Ayose Perez last season. I think it might even have been um, the Chelsea loney. Oh, 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 it was um, Kennedy, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know. Well, I think, I mean, I, so I've, I've kind of broken this golden rule with Ozil and a bit with Neves, but it's no idea. I had no idea it was going to get dropped this week. But um, first of all, you want a player who's going to play regularly. Um, and then I, I kind of feel like a team like Burnley are actually um, a bit undervalued. Like they got, they're actually going to do better this season with no Europa League. So I think Burnley are going to score a few goals. They were going to win that game against Norwich, but they have quite a limited team and the, the, most of their goals seem to come through Wood and Barnes. And I thought it was a bit of, probably a bit of chance that, that Wood had gone five games and not scored and Barnes had scored three or four. It kind of felt like it's probably Wood's turn to get a goal. Um, I'm going to keep him for a few weeks because I feel like they've got some very good-looking fixtures right up until week 14. Um, so I, I think I think Burnley and Wolves might actually be in this kind of two-year cycle where one of them does really well, gets into the Europa League, then drops down, then the other one comes back up, and it's it beat the same cycle over and over again. But I, th I think Burnley are worth watching this year. Fair enough, um, Andy. From one one maverick, Gary, to to someone who's possibly just as maverick, maybe even more so. How was your FPL moment of, of this week? Um, I think a lot of people had that um, Captain Sterling didn't play Vice-Captain De Bruyne, therefore I got loads of points, uh, 34 points for that, which that's the, I think lots of people had that one, so as a, a football highlight for many people. But for me, it was uh, the absolute antithesis of a football highlight of the week, which is getting 16 points out of the nil-nil draw between Newcastle and Brighton. <laughs> I actually really enjoyed that game because... Every time the ball went near the uh, the Brighton goal, I was like on edge in case my 16 points were going to fall apart, but I got all of them. Um, goalkeeper Ryan got man of the match and got a save, got, got uh, one point for three saves as well. So 10 points from him. Great result. And who else? Was it Dunk on your bench? Lewis Dunk as well, who comes in from, uh, from my bench on the grounds that um, Sterling didn't play, nor did Greenwood. So then Dunk comes in and gets me six points. Fantastic. Do you know? Do you know why Greenwood didn't play? Because that seems a bit yeah, strange. Yeah, tonsillitis. Okay, okay. Just interesting with Rashford's injury this week. I was thinking, ooh, maybe Greenwood's going to get a start. That is a bad sign for Manu. Rashford getting injured so much relies on him without um, either Pogba or Martial inside. Okay. Well, he's cheap. He's four point five in FPL. Bad for Manu. Maybe good for FPL potentially. Yeah, assuming we can get if we can actually pass the ball to him, then yes, that'll be a good sign. If there are any players left to pass the ball, yeah. Um, my FPL moment of the week, um, it's definitely a moment. I'm quite negative this week, I realise, but um, I was weighing up my my transfers um, going into this game week, and I I decided that Seamus Coleman was for the chop. I had double Everton defence since the start of the season, which has been a bit of an issue. Um, and Seamus Coleman was on the chopping block. Otamendi was the man I wanted to bring in. Um, but I thought I'd wait a week because Everton were playing against Sheffield United at home. 
Sheffield United, not a goal-scoring machine. Um, Everton, all right defensively, especially at home. Definitely not away from home. But, um, yeah, one shot on target for Sheffield United, and they got two goals. So annoying. And Otamendi comes in with 15 points. Uh, brutal. So that was my my moment, FPL moment of the week. Just holding off on that transfer possibly unnecessarily just for the benefit of two transfers the, the next week. And I've, I've now, I've gone early and I've brought Otamendi in for Coleman. Um, yeah. On Saturday night before any price changes. So yeah, get on that Man City defense. Like I was saying last week, I think, I think there's going to be a bit of a reaction to that Norwich game. I can see them getting a few clean sheets. The thing is with the, the Man City defense, I think Otamendi is cheap and good and a goal threat and, I do agree with you that their fixtures defensively look great for, you know, quite a while now. Um, but the problem is, you know, Walker's getting subbed, um, Cancelo's coming on, Mendy's coming on, Zinchenko's getting dropped. They're playing the other left back, who I can't even remember the name of now, who's like 4.8. I just don't see a safe option in there apart from Artemendi, really, or but potentially Edison. Do you agree or do you disagree, Gary? I, I, I mean, I think, I think Walker will play longer more often than not. It was, if that game had still been 2-0, I think Walker would have carried on playing. It was just the fact that it was 5-0 and over as a contest that he, he went off. But uh, yeah, I agree. I, I think Otamendi and Walker are the only two guaranteed um, picks at the moment. Cause, because you've got Fernandinho, who's a, a midfielder on the game, isn't he, who's, who's playing centre-back. But I find it really strange that um, Carl Walker is playing so many minutes because Cancelo was expensive, right? He was like upwards of 50 million for a right back who is very much second choice to Carl Walker is a hell of a lot of money. I think Walker's played really well this season in what I've seen. Maybe he's kind of responding to the challenge of another kind of backup to him or, or potential first teamer coming in. But I think he's looked really positive, forward thinking. And But I do think that they will start to rotate that position um, as the season goes on because yeah like you say he's an expensive quality player who's coming in and Pep loves to rotate doesn't he yeah he absolutely does so yeah for me it's, it's got to be Otamendi if you're going to have a if you're going to transfer in a Man City defender right now there's really only one choice um so should we take a quick break and but when we come back let's let's check game week um seven fixtures Okay, first up, it's Sheffield United versus Liverpool. Um, is this a game for Lundstrom, Gary? Is it, or is that a bridge too far? Um, well, I mean, I'd, I've written him off already and he proved me wrong again with 12 points. So um, I, I would say not. Um, I would say, I think Sheffield United are a bit of an unknown quantity against the top teams. Like, they got a very good draw at Stamford Bridge. They haven't played any of them at home yet. Um, so, well... You'd expect Liverpool to win this, and you'd expect them to win it. Um, if not a walk in the park, then maybe like a kind of a two nil, three one kind of kind of result. Um, and I do notice that Southampton and Leicester both won at Bramall Lane, kind of playing counter attacking football. Um, so I would bench your Sheffield United players for this one. Um, 
particularly as they seem to be very random with who scores. Like each of their strikers has just scored once and then disappears off into obscurity again after. So Mousset was the latest striker to get a goal. And um, But, I mean, yeah, I, with Liverpool, you kind of know who the obvious threat is. You've got the, the Fab Three up front and you've got um, Alexander-Arnold and Robertson on the, the full-back positions, and it's you really those are the five Liverpool players you should be considering. Well, Van, Van Dijk as well, I guess, for clean sheets, but, but le- less, of a, less of an assist threat, at least. He might get the odd goal from a corner. Um, so, yeah, I'd, I'd expect Liverpool to win, but I think Sheffield United might, might make a game of it. You, do you know who the top-scoring FPL defender is at the moment in the game? I mean, it it was um, it was Vestergaard last week. Has, has Lundstrom taken that title from him? Is that why? Is that what Lundst- leading to? Yeah, Lundstrom is ahead of Trent. Uh, he's the top top defender at the moment. So, can you bench a player like him? I know I, I completely understand what you're saying. I think they will concede as well. But I just I see so many teams now, um, my own team included, with Lundstrom second substitute, twelve points on the bench. Um, and so many teams who are playing him in their first team as an enabler so they can get a, a you know, they've got Rico on the bench or something like that. I, I mean, I do, I do think with, I mean, I do think with Lundstrom that this is a little bit freakish. Like he's a hardworking midfielder. So now he's got a goal and an assist. Um, he's playing in midfield, but he's the kind of midfielder who will get two goals and three assists all season. I, I think he's a, he, he's not, he's not someone who's, if he keeps, I mean, if he keeps up this rate, he'll end the season with six goals and six assists. I mean, he, by all means, this is being recorded and come back to me at the end of the season, but I, I would be <laughs> amazed if, if he does that. The thing with him is that having somebody who's a defender and plays in midfield is always a win, right? And at 4.3 million, like he, everyone's going to have him. Um, I don't think you have him so that you can play him against Liverpool. You have him so that you can play him against the teams where he's likely to keep, to, where you think Sheffield United will keep a clean sheet, or you think he might score a goal. Um, so I, 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 I don't think I would. I, I think he'll be on my bench this week, and I, I got my twelve points for him last week, but this week I think he'll be be on my bench for the Liverpool game. I think I might I might promote him to first sub, um, but yeah, fair enough on the bench. Um, Andy, what do you reckon to Villa versus Burnley? Yeah, with Burnley, I think I agree with pretty much everything Gary said. That um, they're a, they're a bit of an odd team because where the majority of successful teams in the Premier League these days funnel a lot of their attacks through the sort of inside left and inside right positions, sort of Salah and Mane type role, uh, or the you know the Sterling type role. A lot of the points come in there, but Burnley just don't have that shape about them at all. They 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 play with two two centre forwards who get all the goals. So um, for that reason, I, I completely agree with Gary that uh, the Barnes and Wood are really undervalued in this game and worth having. Um, Villa are not a bad side. I think we've seen that when we saw, the, saw that against Arsenal. Um, we've seen it a few times this season. Um, and I think that them being the home side in this game actually makes it a pretty even game. I think probably both teams will score. Um, McGinn seems to pull up with a few goals. Wesley seems to pull up with a few goals. So... I think this is going to be like a 2-1. I, I think I'd still make Burnley favourites for this. So if you're going to choose between Wesley and one of the Burnley strikers purely on the basis of this, this one game, I'd probably pick a Burnley player. Um, but I don't think they're going to find it easy. I think they're, a, they're good enough to score in this game. I, I think I agree with you. I just The only thing is Burnley, 
uh, yet to record a, an away win this season. I think they've got, you know, quite a, f- a couple of 1-1 draws against kind of um, middle to lower teams in the league, like uh, your Brightons and things like that. So, I, yeah, I agree that um, this is quite an even game, but I just wonder if they've got the ability to win away. And I think, was it Gary, you were saying on a recent pod that you think Villa are going to put a lot into their home games this season? I mean, I think I think if they want to stay up, they'll need to win their home games. But the thing, I don't think I've had much to say on Villa, but the one thing I've been wanting to say was I'd, I just think that they have a really flaky defence. So you've got to be looking at who's playing. I mean, today is a case in point. that they, they, they conceded three goals to 10-man Arsenal. Um, I think like Tyrone Mings getting in the England squad was a bit early for me. I think he might turn into a better player, but he's... He's he's good in the air, but he, he's not great on the ground. And they've got Neil Taylor, who's probably not Premier League quality. Um, I, I just I think their defence is a bit is a bit flaky. So I, I'd always I'd always back Villa to, to concede goals. I, I think Burnley, I guess Villa with home advantage, they might they might get something out of this. But I'd I'd probably still favour Burnley in this one. Yeah, it's funny. I think Villa have their their best players look better than. Um, a sort of Premier League scrapping side. And the players that are not their best players don't look like Premier League players to me. Like, if you made a team that the whole team was as good as, like, McGinn and Grealish and, like, the, you know, their best players, it mm. would be a solid mid-table side. But then there's, you know, the... I can't remember the names of the winger, the winger Trezeguet, who just doesn't look very good to me at all. And he's, like, one of their better attacking players. Um, you know, there's a big gap, I think, from their best players to the rest of the, of the first eleven, and that's why they're flaky, in my opinion. Fair enough. I, I don't know if I completely agree with Gary on the flakiness. I think they've got two clean sheets at home um, this season already, and Burnley, I, uh, you know, they haven't got a huge amount of goals on the goals for um, table in the Premier League, and I, I don't know. I think I'd err towards. Um, Andy's early prediction of something quite equal, maybe a one-one, something like that. But it's up for debate, and it's it's clearly not not um, dead set. Um, next up, it's Bournemouth versus West Ham, and this is one for me. Um, I was impressed with Bournemouth away to Southampton. I think it was Eddie Howe getting his first win away to Southampton, and he looked really chuffed with himself um, and his team. I think the something that I think I've been missing this season in my predictions and kind of the players that I've been bringing in slightly, my transfers, has been something that served me quite well last season is looking at the atmosphere around the teams of the players that you're picking. Um, And I think Bournemouth, I think, are in a, a, yeah, they're in a good moment. You hear that phrase a lot in football. They're in a good moment. And I don't particularly think West Ham are in a, a brilliant moments, brilliant moments away from home. Um, so I think I see a, a Bournemouth win here, and a couple of players to pick out. I think first up is um, Rico, Andy's favourite man. Um, yeah, he's um, he's actually getting a place in the team now. He's dirt cheap. He's four point one. I think that's two assists in two. Um, I think this one this week was from a corner. I'm not sure about yeah, the one against corners, Everton, does Diego but... Rico. That's exactly why I picked him last last year is because he takes corners and then he's never played again. But he's back. <laughs> he's he's back and he's on corners and he's got two assists and two and he's 
pretty good if you're on a wild card and you're looking for another enabler as well as Lundstrom, if Lundstrom is an enabler anymore. The only problem with um, Rico is that um, their new signing, uh, Lloyd Kelly, is nearly back apparently, and Simon Francis is nearly back apparently. So, um, yeah, there's, there's going to be more competition for places in that Bournemouth defence. So, yeah, Howe hasn't shown a huge amount of faith since he signed him um, until this kind of big injury crisis. And he has got a couple of assists. Whether that's going to be enough, um, I don't know. Slight risk. But if he's third sub in your bench um, and, it, you know, you're doing it for the cheapness, if he comes on, maybe he'll get you an assist. He's quite an interesting one, I think. Very clear here, Duncan. Um, you are advocating that our listeners make the exact same mistake that I made last season. No, I'm, <laughs> I'm just highlighting him. I don't know if I'm recommending him or not, to be honest. I think if I looked at a move um, myself, because that's why I was saving my transfers for two this week, um, why I didn't bring in Otamendi. I was thinking, I know I could get rid of Van Dijk, stop my Liverpool double up, um, bring in Rico for Van Dijk, and then bring in uh, Hyun Min Son for his home game, uh, because I think captaincy is a bit of an issue for game week seven, um, instead of Mason Mount if his injury wasn't great. Um, so in that kind of situation, I think he's quite a good enabler. And if he's just going to sit on your bench, um, he might play, he might not. Um, and if he does, he might get attacking returns. Apart from that, uh, the other man to pick out is Harry Wilson. I don't know how he keeps on getting goals, but, um, you know, I watched the highlights of the Bournemouth games. He doesn't seem particularly involved, doesn't seem to have a huge amount of shots, but he's just picking up, you know, goals every single week. And he's still under the radar he's only 6.1 i think whereas you know other players in his price bracket have risen a lot more um so yeah he's he's still I, doing i mean it. i'd i'd um, throw another name true. in duncan if if i can because i this is where again was this might be the mind i should say not much of a maverick because it's all going wrong this season but i look at harry wilson and i think he's done well but sometimes people read a bit too much into form he also doesn't play more than about 60 minutes. So I'd be looking much cheaper is Phil Billing, 5 million. He plays every minute and he's got a bit of a threat on him. And we know Bournemouth score a load of goals. So I know he hasn't scored yet. He did get an assist against Southampton. But I'd expect in the next five or six games, Billing would probably do more than Wilson. That's I think a that's, that's a maverick. <laughs> <laughs> Phil Billing just got more points than Wilson in the next. How many games did you say? Five or six. Totally the next five six. Five or six games. Wow. Okay. Okay. Write, Let's keep write, track. Write of that, that down and return to it, please. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I think that's that's definitely a maverick shout. Phil Bills is you know a hero of the pod. Uh, ben is a big fan, so. On that basis, I, I would recommend him. I, I don't know if I agree with you, but I'd like to keep tabs on that because I think that's an interesting prediction. I, I the other player, right, Gary. I, think... I really hope you're right. <laughs> <laughs> the other player, the other player I'd like to highlight is um, someone who's who's not done anything wrong this season, really, which is Callum Wilson. He's, I think, he's returned in every single game. It's Vardy esque. Um, you know, five points, five points, five points, five points, thirteen points, seven points. Um, what does this guy have to do to get into your team? He's a good price, 7.8. He's fallen from where he started. Um, yeah, he's he's a proven goal scorer. His, his post-game interview was really positive. He was like, yeah, you know, it's great to, to pick up a goal, you know, back to the hard work, back to getting more goals. Uh, he's goal-obsessed. He gets the minutes. 
Um, his namesake, uh, Wilson, as Andy picked up, doesn't, or Gary picked up, doesn't. Um, yeah, I think he's an interesting shout. Yeah, I agree with um, you and, um, on that, Duncan. And I think there's a really important point here that if you look at the color of the, of, of um, Bournemouth's upcoming fixtures, it's a bit like red, green, red, green, red, green, as it, is, as it has been all season for them. But if you actually if you actually look a bit closer than that, they've got West Ham, Arsenal, Norwich, Watford, Man United. The next game, none of those teams have good defenses. So an attacker for Bournemouth could clean up in the next sort of five games, I think. Yeah, and even after that, you know, Wolves who have struggled as well, um, Tottenham who haven't looked particularly fantastic at the back. So yeah, I mean, it's it's different to getting in a player who just has a sea of green fixtures. Um, you know, he's just a player who might get you the assist in the away games, but I think he's a really good option and he fits into a lot of teams at that price. Um, yeah, I've completely ignored West Ham, haven't I? Sorry. Um, but I, I don't see a huge amount of FPL potential for me in West Ham. Um, so, yeah, unless you guys do, we can move on to Chelsea Brighton. Well, um, Haller seems to be a, a popular pick. You don't think he's worth having? Uh, I I don't really. I think I'd prefer to have someone like Wilson in a similar price. Um, yeah, or or maybe Abraham um, with his good fixtures, his, his sea of green against kind of lesser teams. So, yeah, I, I'm not looking at Haller myself. I may my words. Uh, I, get, I think he'll get the minutes, but I, yeah, I don't think he's proven himself for me yet. I need to see more. Okay. So Gary. Chelsea Brighton. Um, so I, I usually like to preview the games by looking at what happened last season because it's usually a good guide to what happened. And and what happened is Chelsea have have won this game easily the the last two seasons, all all four times they've played Brighton. But I think with Brighton, you're basically you've got to disregard what happened last season because they're, they're playing a completely different style under Graham Potter. Um, and I think that might make this an open game. Chelsea have been quite open in all their games so far. And Brighton play good football. So I'd, I I can imagine there'd be goals in this. I'd, I'd probably, I suspect Chelsea will win it, but I wouldn't be surprised if Brighton um, did, did better than you'd imagine. Um, in terms of who to go for, then Ch- Chelsea are quite an interesting team in that I don't think they're very strong this year and they probably won't do as well as they have the last few years, but because it was so unpredictable who Lampard was going to make first choice, there's players like Tomori and Mount and Tammy Abraham have emerged who I think if, if the FPL people knew that they were going to be first choice for Chelsea, they would have all been kind of half a million, a million pounds higher starting price. Um, I actually think there's quite a lot of value in Brighton as well. Maybe Maybe not for this game, but but I think that they, the style that Potter plays of kind of dominating possession um, against a team like Chelsea, it might be quite an open game and there might be goals. But what you'll often find is it means that the games are quite, there's quite few goals because Brighton will want to dominate the ball, not take too many risks, as you saw with them getting a clean sheet up at Newcastle. They've already had two clean sheets away from home. Um, so their defenders are actually quite interesting. There's there's Dunk, who's a bit of a fantasy football favourite um, at 4.6. I'm quite interested in Montoya, the the right wing back, who's who gets forward quite a bit at at 4.5, and even Webster at 4.4 might be uh, seems to be first team. 
Um, and then they even had a couple of bargain basement um, players join the again play against Newcastle. Um, Connolly, four point five million, who almost scored. If if you want a really out, out of all the terrible options for four point five million, he's less terrible than some. Um, so so there might be a bit of value in Brighton if you if you want a bit of bench fodder who's going to play the easy fixtures. Um, I on Brighton. I had a, a sort of an observation about them this week against Newcastle. Newcastle, by the way, um, were probably the that was probably the worst performance I have seen that I can remember from a Premier League side in the first half. It was truly like disgraceful. Um, Brighton were able to just scythe through the middle of that team with absolute ease. And what um, what happened again and again in that game was they sort of get forward like in behind the Newcastle defence and then stop. And nobody would shoot. They'd make they'd make one pass too many, and then they'd lose the chance. And it seems like that might be a bit of a kind of um, teething issue with Graham Potter's transition into this new style of play. Is that they're all taught to pass all the time, and then they don't shoot anymore. Um, so yeah, I think uh, I agree. I, I completely agree with with Gary that um, defensive assets for for Brighton are probably the way to go if you're going to pick Brighton players. I have two. I have Ryan and Duncan, my team. Um, but I would definitely steer clear of their attackers until they sort that out. I call that a, a touch of the touch of the Arsons, the kind of late era Arsons, just pass and yeah, pass and pass. Yeah. Never quite shoot. I love that you say that um, Newcastle are the worst team you've seen in a Premier League first half in a week where Watford were five nil down in eighteen minutes. Which I also watched. <laughs> by the way, I also watched. <laughs> <laughs> they were that bad, yeah, that, Newcastle. If that Newcastle side of face Man City, like anything could happen. <laughs> it would have been really, really <laughs> painful. Um, I, the, the only, sorry, you go. The only thing I was going to say to Gary with this preview is that the Chelsea defensive injuries are something that I was picking up on. Um, I think Rudiger's injured again. Uh, Christensen uh, got picked up an injury. Emerson with an injury as well. They've got Zappa Costa out, and with a defence that's pretty shaky, that's a bit of a concern. I think. Yeah, yeah. I, I think I think Tamori actually injured Christiansen, didn't he, in the game? So it's one way of keeping your place in the team nice and solid if you can crop <laughs> <laughs> the other centre back. Um, but I mean, yeah, I, I've got Tamori in my team. Um, I, I had him on the bench this week, but um, four point five million for a starting Chelsea defender at the moment is. Uh, is good value, but yeah, maybe this isn't quite the Chelsea we're used to. It's um, it's a bit shaky at the back. So, yeah, we'll we'll see if Brighton can pass their way through them or or not. Well, one one last comment I have on this game is I've been waiting for a long time to get Mount and Abraham in. Like this is the week that I've made both of those transfers because um, I think they're going to absolutely destroy Brighton, and I think that they've got and they've got a sea of green coming up in their fixture list. So. I've just made that double transfer and I think it's a really good time to be looking at Chelsea players. They are just that we will score one more than you kind of team, aren't yeah. they? Um, they're going to attack, attack and they're going to concede, concede. I, I um, do, I do. sorry, we'll, we need to speed up, I think, but I'll, one last thing. on. I don't quite understand the formula where they get this green and grey and what, because it, it is a sea of green, but Southampton away and Burnley away, they, are they green yet? Are they easy games? They, they seem tricky to me, but... Yeah, I mean Brighton at home and Newcastle at home are definitely easy definitely games. yeah, but the yeah they, those two <laughs> games are rated the same like yeah Brighton at home and Newcastle at home and Burnley away both rated as a two but surely Burnley away is much much harder yeah and 
with the Callum Wilson um, fixtures that Andy was picking out, you know, it, it's a mixed bag of fixtures, red and green. But actually, when he looked at them, you know, some of those defences of the bigger teams were were not so great. So, yeah, should actually check those fixtures. That's a good point, Gary. Um, Andy, what do you reckon to Palace versus Norwich? I think this is one that we can pick some time back up on. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, obviously, um, for, for Norwich, I think everybody is is on the Timo Pukki train by now. Um, and a lot of people are transferred in. Todd Cantwell as well. He's, uh, let me just check what his uh, his team selected by is now 26.6%, which I don't think anybody predicted at the start of the season, but obviously everyone's seen that coming now. Um, so, yeah, those are the two that I'd look out for again from, from Norwich. Um, Palace are um, not an especially good side this, se- this season, so um, I wouldn't pick any of their players unless you're trying to just pick the cheapest player in the game in Martin Kelly. Um, she was first team player in the game with Martin Kelly, but yeah, that's, there's, there's nothing really there. So I expect um, Norwich will beat Crystal Palace. I expect the team of Kuki will score some points. Um, if it wasn't Brighton against Chelsea, then might even be a captaincy selection. Oh, hey there. What, what about this stat, Andy? Uh, you quick shooter. West Ham um, played Norwich. They won 2 0, so Norwich were away and didn't score. Uh, Burnley have played. Norwich this week um, and Norwich didn't score 2-0 again do they not have a, an issue away from home against tough defences like Palace, Burnley um, well, West Ham and Burnley and is this not going to be... have two things in common so they have their kit in common and they have the fact that they are good teams in common, neither of which apply to Crystal Palace, so I don't think that, that is a uh, appropriate sample to be predicting what's going to happen in this game I don't, I don't agree I think Palace um, narrowly lost their their clean sheet this week to a 95-minute equaliser from Yotta. Um, and they've, they've picked up clean sheets this season. I mean, they're, they're I dour at home, similar. aren't they, Palace? They, they, they were last season. There was very few goals scored. And they've, they've started off the same way, haven't they? Nil-nil, one-nil, one-one at home. They've, they keep it tight. I wouldn't, I, wouldn't be stack, I wouldn't be betting on Puki to, get, uh, to fill his boots against Palace. I, I think it might be a, a grinding one-nil win for Palace. Andy, didn't you leave Pookie third sub on your bench this week against Burnley? I did, yeah, because I didn't think he was going to do very well against Burnley. They were a good team. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, fair enough. So we're we're divided. I think I'm maybe I'm going with what happened last week, and I've played two two Norwich players this week, and it's hurt me. So maybe I'm being led by that. But um, yeah, we'll have to see. Um, Palace, I'm guessing you see no value in FPL options. Yeah, not really. I mean, I know they've had um, they've had a lot of injuries. They've got, and so it's sort of they probably look worse than they really are. You could argue that, but then the players are all back now. Um, Jordan Ayew is a hero on twenty two points, but I, I don't know. Um, like, if you look at the players you'd normally look at for them, like Van Ar- Van Arnold at five point six, there are better players at five point six million to put into your defence. If you look at at um, Wilf Zaha, like I don't know, he's, he's dropped in value because he hasn't really done anything, even though he's their best player. I just don't see it. And um, their fixtures-wise, that is a, a sea of red. And you've got Man City, um, Chelsea away, Liverpool at home, Leicester, Norwich. It's it's maybe not the best time to be bringing in. So, fair enough. Um, next up, it's Tottenham, Southampton. And this is one for me. Um, yeah, I mean, I think this is coming back to what I said before about teams in a good moment. Tottenham are not 
in a good moment and they haven't been in a good moment all season. They've kind of, you just don't know what's going to, who's going to turn up. I think at home you have more of an idea that, um, you know, they'll play for the fans and they will um, go for the jugular of lower teams like Southampton. Um, but I think there's an issue with Kane. I think he is dropping deep and he's letting Son go ahead of him. Son is essentially playing further up the pitch than him. Um, and I would think that he's a better FPL option being a midfielder and being cheaper. Um, so that's definitely something I think we need to look at in our joint team where Kane is still. Um, yeah, I think Son is the man that I'm interested in for Tottenham. Um, I think he's he's up there with the top midfielders um, in terms of points and he has played two games less than a lot of them. Um, so he's the man I'd be picking out. Apart from that, I do worry about... Um, yeah, I do worry about Kane with Ericsson not firing, Ali not really getting back into the form yet. Um, a couple of new signings to fill in. And yeah, uh, Southampton, I wouldn't be looking at um, them FPL-wise myself. So I think the the big draw is Sun for this fixture. Um, do you guys want to jump in or we can move on to Wolves versus Watford with Gary? Okay, so yeah, well, let's... let's carry on I, I think this is the, this is basically the battle of the underperforming teams Wolves versus Watford um, I think so I did look at what happened last season and last season Watford won at Molyneux uh, I think it was 2-0 um, and they also beat Wolves in the FA Cup semi-final so perhaps Watford might be a bit of a bogey team for Wolves but I for me I, I'd still probably back Wolves in this game um, for a couple of reasons I'd say I think Watford have been losing games because they've not been playing very well, whereas Wolves have been drawing or losing games, but they've been competing and it's been quite close. So I, I kind of feel like Wolves don't have to improve their performance much to win, whereas Watford will have to really change change a lot. The the other thing is there's no European football this week. It's the um it's the it's the Carling Cup um, or whatever it's called these days, um, Rumbelow's Cup. Um, so, um, so yeah, I, I think um, yeah, we, we can we can guess that um, that that Wolves will basically just rest their entire first team for this for this one, um, and so yeah, I, I think with Wolves you've got the usual stars. Like Jimenez is a bit more expensive this year, at seven point three. Uh, Willie Bolly at five million at the back is a is a good shout. I think they've got a pretty good defence usually. And I've gone with Neves. I was a bit surprised. He got dropped. I guess he's been playing a lot of minutes in Europe. But I'd, I think he's just a good one for penalties. Um, it, it's always a bit of a gamble with a penalty taker. But if it if it falls right, he might get five or six goals this season just, just through penalties. So, so Neves is one of those who he'll tick you over with two or three, the odd assist, and then he'll, he'll score penalties. One one shout out for for Den Donker with his own goal, F, uh, an FBL favourite, and another FBL favourite picking up an own goal. Yeah, he was he was pretty unlucky. It was blasted at him, and he, he kind of couldn't really do much about it. I don't think, but um, yeah, well, I think you have him, don't you, Dunk? So that's uh, I don't know if he was in your team, but uh, I, big big fat zero for him this week. Only he's only in my team by my team name. I've dropped the Den Donker. Oh right, um, I dropped him way before the season started um next up is is andy with everton versus man city 
What do you reckon to this one, Andy? Oh, yeah, poor old Everton. Um, like, I think at the start, in the pre-season, in pre-season they made a, a few key mistakes, Everton. They um, they needed to sign a, a senior striker and they got Moise Keane, who's a youth player. Um, and they needed to replace Kurt Zuma at centre-back and they don't seem to have successfully done either. And now what's happening is that they just look really poor at the back and they can't score any goals. So um, I think this is going to be pretty painful for, for the Everton faithful. I think it's another one where you could see Kevin De Bruyne filling his boots. Um, I presume that Sterling will play, um, having missed out on the 8-0. So he'll want some goals um, and will probably come back uh, wanting to like make a mark to show that it's a bad idea to leave him out, even though you won 8-0 without me. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't think it's going to be a good week for Everton. I think it's one to... It's funny because there's a lot of captaincy opportunities next week with... Um, uh, obviously, I, although I, I know not everybody thinks this, but I think that Chelsea will um, will score a few against Brighton. Um, I can see um, Pukki scoring against Crystal Palace. But then when you look at this this fixture as well, like City assets, potentially Aguero as well, could be a decent shout for captaincy. So, um, yeah, that's, that's what I think is going to happen in this game. I think uh, I agree with you that they made some mistakes in pre-season. I think another one that they made was uh, letting... Um, uh, Driss Agana Gay yeah, leave from ESG because um, the stats were showing that he is a very effective defensive midfielder. And I think replacing him with Fabian Delph and Gabamin, Delph especially, I think has not worked. I don't think, I don't think he's got a huge amount of, uh, I don't know, I, don't, I just don't think he's suited to playing a defensive midfield role. I think he's more of a, a shuttler, like the, the England midfield three. Um, and yeah, I just I think that has added to Everton's weakness in defence. So yeah, I totally agree. Um, get your Man City players in. Yeah, Dunk, you're you're also saying that you felt Yerry Mina was going to make an impact from a set piece soon. So he, he finally <laughs> did that against uh, Sheffield United. <laughs> Told you his goal threat. Um, <laughs> he is lethal in front of any goal. Um, yeah, well maybe. Maybe I'll, I'll put my neck on the line and say that Mina is going to get more points than who is your man? <laughs> Phil Bills. Phil Bills. Yeah, okay. yeah, we've got six games. It's Mina versus Bills. Um, Andy, remember that because I will definitely forget. Um, next up, it's, it's Leicester versus Newcastle. And this is one for me. I think um, this has kind of been nicely teed up by Andy um, saying that Newcastle were the worst team he's seen in the first half in Premier League history. Um, yeah, I think Leicester in a very good moment. <laughs> I love I love that phrase, but I think it is important. I think the man at the centre of uh, Leicester City's good good moment is James Madison, and I think he's a player that uh, FBL community has been quite interested in. Talked about him a lot. You know, he's been having a huge number of shots. Even him himself uh, is aware of that, and he said in his post game interview, having scored the winning goal. Um, I've had the most shots or had before that game, most shots in the Premier League without scoring. So he was aware of it and he's got that um, monkey off his back. So, yeah, I think he is an interesting player. He's at an interesting price. He doesn't quite fit into those kind of mounts and Jameses and uh, Buendias, slightly more expensive. But Leicester's fixtures, as a lot of people have been saying for quite a while, um, turn nicely at game week nine. Um, and they've got a nice run there. Um, just, just to add on uh, Madison, Duncan, I'd, 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 
I don't, I don't know how this will affect the fantasy football, but I, I sorry in the interview with him, I, I wondered if he'd been to the same dentist as Brendan Rogers. His teeth seemed incredibly shiny. So um, I don't know. I guess you can associate that with confidence. So maybe he's going to, it's going to help with his confidence, but he's, he's um, yeah, he, it's really, um, yeah, it's, it's blinding his teeth. So, yeah. Very, very much like Brendan Rogers. Might, might be a fun. He's uh, some... taking his manager's words on board and implementing what he said from the pitch. <laughs> <laughs> isn't there some connection between teeth and good health was that a david beckham thing or i mean maybe in horses or maybe it's just no. <laughs> <laughs> thoroughbred james madison uh yeah so i think he's a he's a good player to pick out i think also leicester um stats wise um giving away very few big chances this season i think they're up there previous to game week um six with man man united for the least big chances conceded um and i think uh soyonchu has has been a big feature of transfers in recently 4.6 um has looked pretty assured in the games that i've seen him as well and this is newcastle um who i think will struggle to score so if you're thinking about him maybe this is the time to bring him in um because he's dirt cheap and he won't be for forever if they they keep keeping those big chances down um gary it's the big one uh, or it's the the derby of faded glory it's man united versus arsenal um how do you see this going yeah so I'm, i mean I'm, I'm conscious that we have a man U and an arsenal fan also on this pod so you might chip in with a better perspective um but what the way i see it i kind of feel like solshire has been doing in okay but no better than okay job but with one of what must be one of the weakest man united squads ever to have been in the the premier league particularly when you look at pogba martial and now potentially rashford out injured um as you say like arsenal are a frustrating team and that they they kind of blow hot and cold they have some really good attacking players but but their defense seems to let them down so so yeah, winning three two today. They can't always win. Can't see two goals, um, but I kind of I kind of feel like Arsenal will get something out of this game. Um, they they went through a spell of of losing art very often at Old Trafford, but the last three games there's been two draws and a last minute defeat. So I can't quite make my mind up whether Arsenal are going to nick it or whether it's going to be a draw. Um, but I I kind of see Arsenal getting something out of the game. Uh, what, what what do you two think? I think um, we're probably going to rip apart our own teams. <laughs> I think Andy's going to be anti-Man U, I'm going to be anti-Arsenal. But I think I've got um, flashbacks to a young striker proving himself with two goals against Arsenal, um, Marcus Rashford. And I see horrible parallels maybe repeating themselves with uh, Mason Greenwood potentially um, playing in this fixture in Rashford's absence. Um, but I think it's quite an equal game. I think both teams are, are a bit shit. Um, so, and, and who's yeah, the, who's think, the right wing back going to be for Arsenal now that Maitland Niles is suspended? Is is Bellerin going to come back in? Potentially, I think. Watch the injury news on on Bellerin. I think uh, Callum Chambers came off the bench and obviously got a goal. And I think um, is a new player to the one that Arsenal loaned out to Fulham. I think he is. I, I like him. Uh, I think he's doing a lot of positive things for Fulham when uh, he played for them. And he's looked good when he, he's played for us this season. But um, FBL-wise, yeah, I'd be staying away from him because, like you say, Bellerin's around. 
what do you reckon, Andy? Um, yeah, I, I'm pretty afraid of this game. I think uh, both teams are deficient in midfield, um, which could make it a very open game. Um, both teams are deficient in defence, even though, man, you haven't conceded very many chances this season. I think that's more by luck than judgment. Although Harry Maguire is a good player. Um, but the difference is that Arsenal have Pepe, Aubameyang, and I'm not sure whether Lacazette's going to be back for this game. He isn't, is he? Um, man, you have a whole host of injured injured forwards who have, even if they were playing, have yet to prove themselves, really. So, you know, Martial, Rashford, Pogba could all be back next week. In, that that would probably make it an even game. Um if they're not, then I'm afraid. I don't know if it would make an even game. I think if those guys are back, we'd swing it in Man United's favour quite heavily. I think Arsenal will be playing kids, whatever happens, and because I think that's Emery's strategy this season. You know, he's filling in the gaps in his team with youthful energy and potential. Um, and yeah, if, if those big hitters are back for Man United, I, I would be worried. Gary, you're the objective voice here. What do you think? I mean, I'd, I I see this as maybe a one-one. I I just think both. I I think yeah that that Man United are, are just struggling. I, I I still think Arsenal can put a decent team out even with their injuries. It seems to me. Whereas Man United, it's like really the key players. Like if you're going to pick three or four players, Man you didn't want then like Pogba, Rashford, Martial all to get injured at the same time. Um, you don't you don't want um, you don't want to go into a game where your kind of experienced kind of forward who you're relying on is Jesse Lingard. You, you, you want to be, um, so I, I guess it might, it might all depend if Rashford's injury isn't too bad and Pogba, Pogba close to come back. So who knows, maybe in a week's time it, they might be back, but they're, they're quite expensive FPL players to be putting in your team. Okay. If you if you're not sure they're going to play, so you better yeah wait for the team news on Friday. I guess the one thing I, okay. I think I disagree with you on Gary is I think there's going to be more than two goals in this game. I think Arsenal's attack is going to like I think think about the, what's going to happen when uh, Pepe starts running at Ashley Young. It's going to be a like it's going to be very embarrassing for one of those players. Um, so I think and at the other end, Arsenal are so open like they they just gift goals away from passing out at the back when they aren't very good at it. So. I, I think there's going to be more than two goals in this game. I think I agree. Yeah, goals is my prediction as well. Um, what about whipping boys this week, guys? Um, Gary, what do you think? Um, I, I reckon... Um, I, I think it's Everton. I, th- I think Man City are still hurting a bit from that loss um, at, at Norwich. Um, but... I. I say whipping boys. I could easily see it being just a, a two-two nil victory, though. I, I can't see, I, ca- I can't see a real thrashing in any of these games. Okay, Andy, what do you think? I think there's loads of options here. Like it could be Brighton, it could be Everton, could be Southampton if Spurs turn it on like they did against Palace. Um, could be Sheffield United because Liverpool aren't bad. <laughs> like there's a lot of teams that could get tonked next week. I think. Um, I'm going to go with Brighton on the ground that um, I, I just think the style of play that, that, that they line up with against Chelsea is, is just ideally suited for Chelsea to take them apart. Um, and Man City are away, Liverpool are away, so maybe it'll be a bit harder for them to really take a team apart. Um, but yeah, I think there are a lot of potential um, distractions in next week's fixtures. 
I think I, um, I just I just don't think Chelsea are good enough to take a team apart. I mean, I know they did it to Wolves, but I think that was a bit of a one-off. Like I, 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 I was kind of saying like I think Abraham and Mount are a bit underpriced, but I, I don't think they're that that good yet. There may be in a year or two, but I'm I'm a bit I'm a skeptic on Chelsea still. Which is which is strange as I have three of their players in my team <laughs> <laughs> that you brought in this week. Um, Maverick yeah. Mourinho and all the players from the, from the team that you don't rate. Inside the mind of a Maverick, right there. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I've uh, I've got the deciding vote, and it's tricky for me because I don't agree with either of you. I think um, I think I think what we saw this week is that. Um, Man City came back um, and after losing to Norwich, they were they wanted to prove that they were a big team and came back and showed they were and destroyed someone 8-0 in a home game. And I think Tottenham will get the hairdryer treatment from Pochettino. They'll come back and this will be their chance to prove they're a big team and that they still want it. And I think they do have quite a lot of driven, ambitious players in that team. Um, so I would be picking maybe Southampton in a week where I'm struggling to to pick one but out of the two you guys have gone for can I actually Everton and Brighton can I throw another name into the mix is Leicester no because <laughs> no. I, I, I'm changing mine I think Leicester at home against Newcastle if, if Newcastle are okay. anywhere near as bad as they were this week that's going to get ugly <laughs> okay so that we've got quite a few options that is quite I, a good shout actually I might I might switch to Newcastle I do I do think Newcastle because they're pretty bad, they they know their kind of damage limitation, so they they might get away with a a kind of a, a narrow defeat. But they they're not yeah they're not a good team Newcastle at the moment. Their defense is all right, but their attack is is poor. I just I just think this Leicester team is is good, but I don't know if they're gonna whip someone. They haven't done that so far this season. You guys are making it really hard for me, but you're both very good for Newcastle. So Newcastle are whipping boys. Um, Okay, fair enough. Um, should we take a... Oh, no, we're going to do clean sheets first. Um, Andy, who's your first clean sheet? Um, my first clean sheet is Leicester. Okay, following up on that, that's good. Gary? Um, I'm going to go with Wolves uh, home to Watford. I, I, I just think Watford are really struggling, and I think Wolves will, will control that game, even if they're not going to score that many goals. Okay, I'm going to go for Liverpool because I think Sheffield United um, are shot shy. Back to you, Andy. Um, I think City will give a clean sheet to Everton. Okay, Gary. Crystal Palace at home to Norwich. I, th- I yeah. think um, no chance. Nor- Norwich haven't. No chance. <laughs> Norwich haven't scored. They've scored one pookie goal in the 84th minute away from home all season. So, uh, yeah, let's 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 stick it on Sacco and the boys to keep a clean sheet there and prove Andy wrong. I think um, next up for me is going to be in the Aston Villa-Burnley fixture. I think this is similar to that um, uh, Newcastle-Brighton fixture. And um, I think there's a clean sheet for one of these teams. Um, I just don't know which one it is. So I'm going to go for... Oof, I'm going to go for Villa. Okay. Back to you, Andy. Hmm. <laughs> Maybe Chelsea against Brighton, but I'm not very convinced by that. I think that could be. A, I'm not going to. No, that, I'm not yeah. going to say that. That could be that, like. I'm thinking that's more like another five-two, like it was against Wolves. That's how I see that game panning out. Yeah, Gary, any more for any more? I mean, just to, you. Were, you were saying Villa Burnley. I'd I'd put it on Burnley rather than Villa, but yeah. 
it's a bit of a tentative one. Yeah. Okay. And we'll, we will leave it there then. Um, let's take a quick break. And when we come back, we'll be having a look at some of the listeners in the Fanatics League um, and taking a look at the Hive Mind team. Okay, let's have a look at the at FBL FF Fanatics Podcast League and let's see how you guys, the listeners, are getting on. Um, we're having a look, I should say, on the live FBL.net site, which gives you the live leagues, even if the um, Fancy Premier League site hasn't updated all the leagues yet with all the points. You can go to livefpl.net and you can look at your own team, see what your actual points will be once bonuses and players come off your bench. Um, and you can also look at the leagues that you're in and where you'll be positioned. So this site is telling us at the moment that Kevin Miles is still at the top, um, just ahead of uh, John Hartupay. So those two fighting it out at the top at the moment. Um, Kevin Andy, Miles is smashing it at the moment, though, isn't he? He's He's got a, quite a clear lead and he's he's right up there in the, the the actual the world he's in the top top thousand in the world which is always uh one one to tell the grandkids about isn't it yeah definitely is and aguero captaincy this week but de bruyne vice captaincy not bad options uh so maybe he's got something right there and um, andy do you have anyone you want to pick out from the league for a mention this week yeah i do i i want to pick out a uh, a gargantuan effort from um buff daddy 2.0 fc managed by akin solar akin jayaju um he managed to get from a single game more than 50 points by captaining aguero and also picking de bruyne and otamendi um to get that many points from a game where another player got a hat trick is going to be unheard of but that might be a record for getting points in a single game, right? I don't think I've ever seen any, anything higher than that before. And it's a, an interesting strategy. You know, maybe maybe people will be moving away from Sterling and going for Otamendi because we're saying he's a starter, De Bruyne because he's underpriced, and Aguero because he seems to have, you know, Pep's faith up front and Man City are scoring a lot of goals. Maybe that's the way to go. It's, it's happened again and again, hasn't it, with Aguero, that everyone sort of, oh, this is Jesus' year, it never is because Aguero is always too good. So, um, yeah, maybe. He's scored, Aguero has scored in every single game this season. And in two games, he's scored two goals. So he is in the form of his life. Uh, another kind of shout out to this guy's team um, uh, for Buff Daddy too. He's got Madison in there with 10 points as well, which he's gone slightly earlier than some people and it's paid off with him. Rico, Andy, your favourite man is in there. Lundstrom's in the first team, not even coming off the bench. He's in the first team. And Abamyang as well as Aguero up front. And Vardy up front. How has he fit them all in? Uh, and he, well, he's got Gwenduzi, but even he got an assist. Yeah. So um, it's look at his bench quite bench. an inspired team. I think if you look at his bench, you can understand how he's done it. His bench is Saiz, Hayser, and Lansbury. <laughs> so there's, there's been a... Uh, uh, yeah, he's, he's made some sacrifices to get those players in his first team. Yeah, he has, but it's working out for him. And as long as one of Lansbury, Heiser, Saiz and Rico play, he's got a first team. Um, I do wonder if sometimes if people put too much value in bench players and you should just, you know, put a load of crap in there and just go for loads of heavy hitters. You know, he's got De Bruyne, Vardy, Aguero, Bamiang and Mane. Um, so, yeah, he's doing something right and it's it's working out for him. Um if you want to join our league, if you want to take us on, uh, if you want to take on the guys at the top of the league, 
um, then find us on Twitter at FBLFFFanatics. Um, you can find the lead code there and you can get in touch with us as well. Um, and you can find all the links to, to our teams if you want to check those out. Um, okay, the should we have a look at our Hive Mind team, the Fanatics uh, team? Andy, how did we do this week? Um, not brilliantly, to be honest. Um, we have both Sterling and Zinchen Zinchenko, neither of whom played. Um, Mane drew a blank for the first time in a while. Um, Pucci and Cantwell didn't come off. Uh, Ceballos obviously hasn't come off for a while. Um, Wood got both the games in the burn, the goals in the Burnley game, and so Barnes only got two points for that as well. So really, uh, the only points that we got this this week were Lewis Dunk with six, Alexander Arnold scored the goal and got seven, Harry Kane got eight. But unfortunately, was, actually, we'll get eight more points for him because he'll uh, he'll inherit the captaincy for from Sterling. So uh, sixteen points we get for Harry Kane. Um, so that will kind of make it look a bit more respectable. But uh, in from the bench for Sterling and Zinchenko would be Van Dijk and Dendonka, who both blanked. Dendonka actually scored no goal. So, um, yeah, not a fantastic week for us, unfortunately, in the high flying team. I, do you know what? Uh, with a score at the moment of um, 36 points, I think, um, I think that's a really low score for a, a game week where a lot of people are going to get quite high scores. Um, a lot of De Bruyne vice captain season thing are going to be coming in. A lot of Lundstrom coming off the bench. I think this could be a real problem. And is this maybe time to think about wildcard with Zinchenko dropped, um, Sterling dropped, Kane not playing well? It might Ceballos. be. You know, it might be. Yeah. Because yeah. if, you, if, you, if you can't be the players it. to get rid of, you, we, 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 we're going to want to get rid of all of those. Possibly get rid of Kelly as well because he's not going to keep his place. I don't think. Um, yeah. Shall we? Horrible team. What were we thinking? <laughs> <laughs> All right, this is a big moment, guys. Are we? Are we sure about this? Whoa! <laughs> <laughs> were you? Were you going to pre press the button just then? <laughs> no, no I, I mean you do the transfers first, right? And then you you press wildcard once you've made the transfers. And I'm sure that you have a better team as a result. Yeah. Who would you be bringing in, or who would you be getting rid of from this team? Actually, no. Better question: Who would you be keeping? this team um i'd be keeping ashley barnes i think um and keeping alexander arnold every team should have alexander arnold right gary yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah i'm going straight i'm gonna go straight back that was a that was a moment of madness anyone anyone you'd pick out gary for us definitely to keep who andy hasn't mentioned already um i mean i still think sterling will come good but yeah, he's, 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 he's a lot of money at the moment. Um, and yeah, well, let's... I, 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 I do think we need to go back to the, the drawing board and maybe look at some of those teams like Chelsea that have some, some easier fixtures coming up. I thought you, I thought you were against Chelsea. <laughs> yeah, well... <laughs> Gary's not a maverick, maverick he's just really confused. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, uh, okay, so... You go, Andy. You go, Gary. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I think maybe Tammy Abraham. I, I think he's a better long-term bet than maybe Pookie and Barnes. I don't know. I, I just think Chelsea will score a few goals. But yeah, we need to look at the whole team. We need to. Um, we need. We need a drastic surgery. So, it, it... should we pick? Um, should we pick maybe five players each that we we would like included in the hat, and then maybe on Twitter during the week 
can show some of our drafts, maybe get some polls up to see um, what the listeners think of, of some of our choices and have a proper hive mind decision on the wild card. Does that sound like a plan? Sounds sure. good to me. Um, I could I could reel out a few names. So I I agree with Madison. I, th- I think he's one that we should be looking at. Seven point one million. Um, I think Son nine point six is is an interesting one. Um, yeah, we we'll stick with Alexander Arnold. I think he needs to be in there. Uh, I mean, I'd throw in my the one who scored two goals, Chris Wood. He's he's an interesting one. I think he might be a better bet than Ashley Barnes, and he's slightly cheaper. Okay, so you've got is that four players? You've got one more maybe. Well let's keep let's keep um Geiter. He's been doing wonders for us. <laughs> <laughs> I love our Maverick goalkeepers, they are brilliant. Okay, Andy, what do you reckon? Um I think along with uh Alexander Ronald, the other the other play you must have, I think, is Kevin De Bruyne. So I'm gonna say him for one of the for one spot. Um Gary didn't pick Tammy Abraham, so I'm going to pick Tammy Abraham. Okay. As uh, a must-have. Um, for sort of the, the really big hitting midfielder, um, in my actual team, I'm going to... My, my plan is to wait until Salah gets through the next run of pictures for Liverpool to look hard and then trade starting for Salah after that. Um, so, I don't know whether... That's not really picking somebody now, I don't think, because we've just said we didn't want Sterling, but that's kind of how I'm thinking about it in that team. So that's what I was... So maybe something similar here. Um, I think we need some defenders, don't we? We haven't got very many defenders named at the moment. We've got one. <laughs> so- Soyuncu from Leicester. I think Leicester got yeah, the defense. Yeah, I agree. I'll have Soyuncu as one of mine because he's definitely one to have. I agree with that. Can I jump in? I've got I've got one man who needs to be mentioned, and I can't believe he's not in there yet. Mainly because uh, we need to enable some some bigger hitters. John Lundstrom, yeah, the, the hero of FPL, four point what I three something like that. Um, surely he's got to be in there. I think Otamendi's another one. Actually, we got to, you've got to have Otamendi with all those injuries at City, right? Yeah, definitely. I, I don't don't put Lund, Lundstrom now. There's there's better choices than him. I mean. I mean, I have got a no Sheffield United policy on my team, but he's got he's got <laughs> the next six, seven games. He's got Liverpool, Arsenal, Tottenham, Man United, away at West Ham. I mean, for, that's 4.3. For 4.4, we could get um, uh, Adam Webster from Brighton. Uh, I think Adam Webster. Yeah, Adam <laughs> Webster. Serious? Let's have a look Lums, at Adam Webster's Lums, picture, Lums, shall we? Lumstrom's uh, a Chelsea, Tottenham, flush. Villa, Everton, Norwich, and then Man United. That's not an easy run either. <laughs> well, John Lundstrom is one of those unicorns. He is cheap, and he's a defender playing in midfield, and he's picking up attacking returns. And he's not going to do another Should... thing for the rest of the season. Um, very, very possibly, but he's cheap, so he enables. I've got a better one. Uh, Issa, Issa Diop, four point five million. Got, he's got Palace, Sheffield United, and Newcastle at home in his next five games. You've had your five already, Gary. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna. He's in the hat. Diop's in the hat because we don't have a huge amount of defenders. But Lundstrom is in the hat as well. Um, my player, I'm going to throw in who we haven't mentioned yet. Um, we need another striker um, to fill up those spaces. Is Aguero? Um, Ooh, because I yeah, think good shout. I think Aguero, De Bruyne, Otamendi seems to be the the way to solve the Man City puzzle at the moment. De Bruyne may get dropped as he has done against Norwich, but he is cheaper than Sterling when he does get dropped and he's returning 
um, a lot. As we have uh, learned from worth... Buff Daddy 2.0 FC, that is the team to have. Yep, so he's in there. So we've got Trent, Soyonchu, Otamendi, Lundstrom, Diop, Geiter in goal, but we, we're short on midfielders. We've only got Madison, Son, and De Bruyne at the moment. So I need we a need couple a more cheap, cheap midfielders, don't we? If we if we're gonna fit um if we're gonna fit Aguero in. Mark Noble, pod, no podcast legend Mark Noble. <laughs> Five million. <laughs> got another another <laughs> assist. Another assist against Man United. He's flying. He's he's, in, he's on four points a game. four five points a game Gary. this season. Gary, you've got Leave a problem alone. with five. Leave it alone. You've got a problem with five million defenders. You've got an issue with them. You've got two in your team at the moment. You've got uh, Neves, uh, and you've got the Chelsea man, the Chelsea hop step penalty taker. I can't remember the name of you. You have an obsession with five. Can, million you've all, everyone's gone for Campwell. Five million pounds, four point eight games a match, so twenty six percent ownership. Noble, exactly the same. Five million pounds, four point eight points per match, less than one percent ownership. Noble's on penalties. Cant Cantwell's not even going to play in a few weeks. Get get Noble in. He's the man. Here's an interesting one. Okay, uh, here's an interesting one for you. Not not Noble, an actually interesting one. Um, Yarmolenko at five point nine, plays in the right wing, very attacking player. I think he's first team now at West Ham. Yeah, I mean they're both. I'm both. I'm putting them both on the list because they're both interesting. I think Yarmolenko um, is picking up the goals, isn't he? And he's been a goal scorer in, in years gone by. Just the injuries that worry me with him. And Noble, I hear what you say, Gary. I mean that's a really interesting stat that he's up there with Cantwell at the moment. He's just totally on the radar. Um, yeah, so they're both on the list. Um, it's an interesting team. It's definitely different. <laughs> definitely different. Matt, Matt and Ben are going to have a fit when they see what we've done to the team. Um, question: yeah. Should I should I hit the wild card button now so that we can not so we can like um, over the course of the week we don't lose any value? Um, I mean, do you want to? It's up to you. It's up to you because you're in charge of the transfer. We've, we've got a quorum right? here. If all three of us say wild card, then we can make it happen. Oh, yeah, we can outvote those guys. So I won't, I won't I think... do without, without a unanimous on-pod vote. Okay, well, Andy, what's your vote? I think we should do it. Gary, what Go do you think? Go for it. We need it. Okay. Uh, I think we definitely need to wildcard. I don't know if this is the team that we need to wildcard into. We've got, all, we've got um, a week to decide that, though, haven't we? we don't need to decide that. All we need to decide now is we're playing the wildcard now, and I'll make a, yeah. I can make a team um, out of these players as our kind of preliminary team. We can completely change it again by the end of the week. I think hit the wildcard button. Don't make any transfers yet because if we transfer out someone and then we decide we want to transfer them in, we'll lose value on them. So That's true. I think once we decide on our team, then maybe we can get that out on Twitter and, and get some polls up and, and see what you guys think as the listeners. All right. I, okay. So I've been writing stuff down here. So, and since this is my week, shall I um, send back to you guys the, the, the sort of suggested team based on this with all the gaps filled in and we'll, we'll go from there. Yeah. And we can, we can get Ben to tweet that so people can find that. Great. That sounds good. Okay. Uh, we'll take a quick break. And, and when we come back, uh, we'll hopefully recover from that wildcard session and get into Gary's gut punts. pressing in a crazy game it's go Winter! go 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 it's it's not tactic perhaps it's not right the right run but it's only here i will i will uh, i want to 
to, to, to win the ball. I want to disturb Sushi. And perhaps he lose the ball and we score. Okay, Gary, how did we get on with our gut punts uh, for game week six? So this, this was actually a good week. Um, so um, we had Ben picked out Pepe, who finally got off the mark. And uh, I think he's got eight points this week. He got a couple of bonus. Uh, Andy picked Son, who got an assist. Um, Duncan, you went for Buendia at Burnley, which was slight folly, but he, he got two points. Um, but the star was was my pick. So I've, I've managed to, in six weeks, I've got six goals already with my gut punts. And um, I've already got a hat-trick with Pookie and two from Abraham. So I thought it was a bit flary to go for a defender. So uh, Otamendi with 15 points. Um, and he, he managed to get an assist and a goal in the first 20 minutes from a defender, which is almost unheard of. He, he, in fact, he only needed 62, 63 minutes. And then he, he put his feet up. He could have maybe got a few bonus points if he'd have stayed on the full 90 minutes um so i'm so yeah as, as far as the table goes i'm well out ahead on 71 points uh duncan you're second on 42 ben's in third on 34 andy's fourth on 31 and matt after six weeks has 14 points <laughs> uh, <laughs> the, oh, the reigning the reigning reigning champion matthew yeah the reigning the reigning champion he was outscored by otamendi in 63 minutes for his entire <laughs> picks for the two for the six weeks so far. Right, that's 12 players as well because two players per week, right? So he's getting yeah. less than two points per player per week. Yeah, well, he, I mean, Gary, this, you... this week he had Mihailovic with two points and, and Glenn Murray who uh, didn't play at all. So, <laughs> Gary, uh, he, um, since Mihailovic has retired, I think you mean Milivic. Milivic. Yeah, whatever his name is, he he only got two points. Um, so let's let's go through this week. So, um, uh, based in mind what I've said on Matt, uh, that means it's trouble for Leicester fans because Matt's tipped Ben Chilwell this week. Um, so we we should be a bit more nervous about that Leicester defence. Um, but Matt thinks he might get a clean sheet and chip in with an assist. Um, ben has also gone with Leicester. He thinks that Ayose Perez, our tip from right at the start of this season, is, is finally going to come good now that he's down to 6.1 million. Um, for me, I'm going for another of last season's heroes who just managed to get his first goal um, a few minutes ago on, on Sunday, Diogo Jota. I think uh, 6.2 million, he's quite good value at home to Watford. Um, and that's where I'm going. Uh, Duncan, who, who's your pick for, uh, for this week? Is it all right to come back to me? I'm, I'm still weighing it up between two players in my head. Is it all right yeah, to go to Andy of course, yeah. So, and, Andy, you're, you, you carried on your tactic of going for the, the pretty much the most expensive player with less than 5% ownership. So this week it's Christian <laughs> Eriksen. Yeah, that's right. I mean, um, I think it's finally time for Pochettino to accept that Spurs are not anywhere near as good without him. They're at home. Um, I can see another repeat of their last home performance where they won 4-0. I think if they do that, Ericsson will definitely be involved. So, given I couldn't have Son again, he's at 7.4%. Now I've gone for Ericsson. Right then, Duncan. Moment of truth. Okay. Well, the players that I have been mulling over in my head are Harry Wilson uh, for Bournemouth, home to West Ham. And Philip Billing. 
it's not it's not uh, phil bills i'm afraid it's 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 going against my principles but it's essentially piggyback on gary's maverick brain and going for otamendi but i think what i'm going to do is do neither of those because i think they're both a bit dull they're both just going with the form and, and chasing points instead i'm going to go with your guys whipping boys um or who's going to be whipping them the leicester train and go with someone who's i think is a really consistent player and that's telemans who's still got low ownership i think 4.5 percent and i think he just you know he can get a big return he can get a goal and assist quite often so yeah i, I like him i think I think I've gone for him before. Am I still allowed him, Gary? Uh, yeah, I think we said three times as the limit. So, um, so yeah, I think I think um, Ben's gone for him as well. So he's quite a popular. Uh, I think I'm the only one who's actually had him in, a, in the team at any point, but um, he's been quite a popular gut punt. So yeah, four point five percent ownership, six point four million. Good, good shout. Okay, nice one. Um, so yeah, I think that's it for the gut punts for um, for this week. But um, we'll we'll keep updating the table and hopefully someone can try and catch me because I've I've opened up quite a lead. I think uh, I think I've worked something out with the start of this season and the end of last season. The way that you need to do it, listeners, if you're going to go with any of these gut punts for your own team, is listen to Gary in the early season when it's all about your gut. And when it's a bit more data-driven and looking at the stats, go for Matt at the end of the season. And then maybe uh, <laughs> in the middle is the rest of us somewhere. That's what it seems to be. Yeah, that's a pretty um, uh, that's an interesting analysis of, of Matt's play. Is he's completely like at sea at the start of the season when there's no data to work with, <laughs> and then once there's like evidence to base the, the, the decisions on, he uh, you know the robot starts to work and <laughs> he makes like better picks. <laughs> he will be henceforth known as the robot. Yeah, well, um, he can defend himself next week, and I I won't be around. So maybe maybe you can all slag me off and. Uh... Matt can get off a free ride, but yeah, he's he's pretty horrible at this, isn't he? So, um... <laughs> if you uh, if you don't follow us already, give us a follow on Twitter at fblfffanatics. Um, and if you've got the time, please take the time review us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your pods. Um, give us a good review; that would be really helpful. That would help more people to find us and um, join the league. Uh, like I've said, and apart from that. It just leaves me to thank you, Gary, for your insight. Thanks very much. Good luck, everyone. Wildcard activated. Thank you for your insight, Andy. Yeah, thank you very much, everyone. Looking forward to playing with this wildcard on, on, on my week. I never thought that would happen. This is great. And um, yeah, all the best. Speak to you next week. Only accidents, crimes, wars will still kill us. But unfortunately, crimes and wars will multiply. I love you. Thank you. Thank you very much.